With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I don't know if you've heard, but 2020 is coming. We have a whole other yeah. year that's hurtling its way toward us. Yeah, it's and there is a little crazy. There is much to do between now and the end of the year. Most kidding. of it is season six, but we've got a lot of good new YouTube stuff coming. And in the midst of that, because you know we're bored with nothing else to do, right. I dropped an article that was a written piece on a couple of trucks, and I've been doing other things to the website, like updating adventures that we know about for 2020. It's here, guys. It's finally happening. We've been teasing this for a while, and it finally needed to drop. Yep. Yep, yep. We actually have what we're calling the Iberia Adventure. I, I have to, for my own sanity, I can't call another one pilgrimage. I agree. I so agree. we have pilgrimage. Pilgrimage will still happen. Many of you have asked about pilgrimage 2020. We do yes. not have dates yet. Yeah. It well, will be in the yeah. fall. We have to wait to the spring until the all tracks the tracks have release to their dates. Their own yes, schedules and then for we will us build to be able from there. That, so yes. expect September, October ish, maybe mm-hmm. August, but between August and October, let's just put that in the ground. Okay. <laughs> a big, that, a big that wide three month swath of the fall. Good, okay. We'll good. go. But Iberia is happening one time only at one – there's one week when it works in Sunday, April. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. One time it's only. Not, it's not Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. But it is happening one stadium. time. You can go right now to the Adventures tab and you click on the Iberia stuff and you can see why the trip costs so much because it's a <laughs> lot of driving. I, I just have to say it. Look, here's the, here's the thing about the pilgrimage trip. The pilgrimage trip I, w- I will acknowledge is expensive. But 80% of that goes to the fact that it's just expensive to go to a country and get on the track with the track. If you stay in your own country and you paid for a full day on the track and rented a car and had an instructor and paid for fuel at the track down the street from you, that'll be expensive. Oh, yeah. yeah, So that's where it comes from. And the Iberia trip is not only a fun tourist trip on top of driving, but it's twice as much driving as pilgrimage. So it's going to be amazing. It's also not going to be cheap, but we're very excited to take those of you that can go. There is a registration. It is open. It is open because yeah. we have a yeah. narrow window. I'm telling you right now, we have a narrow window. You're hearing this podcast. Hi, hello, happy Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing to know. Happy Friday, as a matter of happy fact. Happy Friday. Sorry. Yes. Happy Friday. But here's the thing to know. You have from now till December 15th. We are closing registration in a month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why we're mentioning it. We're pushing it a little bit hard right now because you have one month if you would like to register because we have to get – this is this is e- hard infrastructure even for RSR who we partner with because they have to travel too to make it happen. Exactly, I, I'm very exactly. excited, but there's it's been a lot swirling around our heads the last couple of days. Yeah, for sure. To those of you listening to this podcast episode far into the future, hi, welcome back to the podcast. Yes, the dates are closed at this point. Mm-hmm. But for those of you who are now current, we are partnering again with RSR because they are kind of becoming you know, one of our go-to partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really do need the uh, – I mean, they're bringing their whole infrastructure from Germany and Belgium. Yes. So that's yes. why they they have solid dates for the transporters mm-hmm. to bring cars. So it's essentially that is locking in a car on a transporter to <laughs> yes. bring through France, down through Spain, While to the you're... southern coast of Spain, yes. out to the Iberian Peninsula. And so we we want to do this trip as an experiential thing. And, and for them to be able yeah. to offer this yeah, and now yeah. to us to be able to wrap our totally. experience around totally. it. And it's a bit of a higher end, as you'll notice. And we figured, all right, well, we're there. We're there for a longer period of time. And we're in some nice places. So mm-hmm. let's enjoy that. It does cost more money. But you are all cordially invited. And I will mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. if you see this and you think, 
you know what? I can't go, but you know what? Who would be interested is so-and-so sure, who you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Please do that because we do want to start. This is a first for us, this particular one. Yeah. It's a first for us, but it, there will be, we hope, consistent trips for this Hopefully, one. Hopefully, yeah. So that, then that would make a spring and a fall trip every year. Because we're bored. Different tracks. we're bored. In we addition to everything to else we're doing. We've got nothing so to do. Keep that in mind. Yeah. If you do think of some folks who you know are enthusiasts, they want to come and it's experience. And the biggest thing is we're getting together for dinner each night and recapping our day going, holy moly, same thing that you guys have gone on the pilgrimage mm-hmm, trip with us. Mm-hmm, yeah. Let's break bread together. Let's talk about the yeah. day. Let's talk about what we've learned and yeah. then, you know, set out for more and, you know, just have the experience and meeting cool people. That's mm-hmm. what we want. I've been cutting the video that is a video wrap up we do every year for the pilgrimage trip. I've been cutting that this week and so wishing I was back there and remembering again how much fun that trip was. We'll be sharing that video in about a week or so for all of you that went and all of you that wished you went and all of you that want to go next year. The video is, it just gets me excited to see all the footage and all the things we did. And that makes me excited about the Siberia trip, even though honestly, we're trying it out too. Yeah, uh, it's for sure. It's going to be very interesting. For sure. So thank you guys for all of your interest and questions about that. That is going on. We have other fun news things to talk about. We do have two car debates coming up. One for uh, for Corey is asking about uh, something to put with his JDM car, which I think there's some question marks in this, but I want to okay. come to that later. Right. Jake in Northern Michigan's writing to us as well, and uh, he's he's trying to figure out uh, how do I do I off road or do I have fun on a canyon road? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then many questions too. Well, speaking of questions, there's many swirling about the Ford Mustang Mach-E. Oh, yeah. Now, we are not quite to the reveal. The reveal is scheduled for Sunday, November 17th, 2019. And this is in line with Ford's stated future goal of building more SUVs and mm-hmm. taking away our sedans and mm-hmm. fun hot hatches in the U.S. Yeah. and replacing them with, with SUVs and CUVs. So this is the first electric four-door crossover Mustang. We're going to touch on it, but... Because we're ahead of the reveal, nobody knows everything about this. True, yet. true, true. Yeah, yeah. However, there's been, of course, the spy shots, which frankly aren't too far off. If you remember all the C8 Corvette stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty close to mm-hmm. what the Fair final point. car Fair looked point. like. But Snocks Racer 183 says, Are you guys as mad as I am that Ford would disgrace the Mustang legend <laughs> and heritage by using what will likely be a boring CUV for the first EV and hybrid Mustang branding? said it's bad enough the rumor was calling it mock anything but to actually put the mustang name on it is another level of annoying well you've touched on what i liken to the broadway musical cats problem it wow. ran for 21 years in london and 18 years in new york city if you stop buying tickets it'll go away <laughs> People just stop buying tickets it to is, the musical cats it and is, it will go away. It is cash driven. Let's let's stop and then stop, it will stop. buying SUVs and they'll go away That's theoretically. Yeah, yeah. Well, but no, you're right. No, not even theoretically. Not even theoretically. Stop if in mass people looked at SUVs the way they look at minivans, uh-huh. there would be a few offered to the random people like minivans that still said they wanted one. But it wouldn't be like our focus is minivans. It wouldn't happen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It, it, so it's the same. It's the exact same thing. We're all voting with our money. So that is the thing. That's but for sure. How do you get people out of the obsession with high ride height? My mm-hmm. my wife is in that problem. Yeah. How do you get people out of that obsession? That's difficult. One of the questions that's come up a couple times. A couple of you guys have have mentioned this, and thank you for following along enough to ask this question. How similar do we think this is to the thing that we've talked about? I've talked about it a lot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is the idea for Corvette. Because right. I have said before, right. but, but look, before the C8 reveal, before it was revealed and we knew the price and all that kind of stuff, I kept saying, I wish that Corvette would do, would create a sub-brand. See, Pontiac used to be, used to be the enthusiast sub-brand of GM. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. Yep. Now that Pontiac's dead, why not take the Corvette brand and make three price points of cars? 
because this is again this is pre C8 so pre uh, mid engine Corvette take the C7 the front engine Corvette monster and leave it at roughly 60 70 grand make right. a mid engine one at roughly 150 and make a 86 competitor down at like 30 grand mm-hmm. they're all Corvettes but here's the the crucial difference from this to the because people have asked how is this similar and different right here's the crucial right. difference what I'm saying there is Corvette represents sports cars. So if you're going to put that name on other things, then it's still sports cars. This is Mustang now representing something totally different. It's not a sports car. We've just taken the Mustang name. And I heard somebody else equate it with going, well, how is that different than Porsche doing the Cayenne? Mm -hmm. No, the only way it would be the same as Porsche is if Porsche said, we're Porsche, we make the 911 and the 911 SUV. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't. We make the 911 and the Cayenne. They made a different name for a different kind of vehicle. Now we have one name. In my Corvette idea, Corvette still means sports car. Exactly. This yes. is Mustang yes. now means kind of whatever we say it does. Well, yeah, and I'll tease Porsche for using turbo on the Taycan. Sure. Yeah. Because turbo now means nothing. It, yeah. It's a marketing term. It's yeah. not a mechanical device that actually compresses air and fuel and shoves it back in your engine and makes it, a, you know, you've heard my rant on that. Oh, yeah. But and using, it's valid. And using it's, turbo and it's on that is, it's silly. Come yes, on. I, I totally disagree. And here, Porsche, my beloved car company, mm-hmm. is using this. And I think it's really silly. But in this case... Ford has stated, as you know, they're going all CUVs and SUVs besides the Mustang. Yeah. But now, to get the buyers back to appeal, you know the the meetings have been, in product planning, have been driving towards, well, we got to use the Mustang name to the heritage. And I can comment on the teaser video because the announcer is saying, well, you know, the heritage and the history and the feeling of speed and the things that you loved about the Mustang are now available in the... No, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. And it comes down to the naming convention is now trading on the name rather than the, than the driving ability mm-hmm. of the car. The name no longer – just like we your turbo thing. We don't know how it will drive. Like your turbo thing. The exactly. name now lo- no longer means what it used to mean. Correct. You've changed the definition Correct. of what that yes. means. So, yes, we're as frustrated as all of you are. Yeah. I think yeah. Ford, from an enthusiast standpoint, is making a giant mistake. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a trend these days with <laughs> Beaver Teeth and you know other companies making giant mistakes that we see from an enthusiast perspective going, yeah. what on earth are you doing? What, yeah. Why didn't you call all of us and have a <laughs> at least focus group number one with like 10,000 of us? Like, well, but, what are you guys doing? But I think what I think is fascinating, you bring up the focus group concept. You know all of this has been focus How group. How about a stadium full of us enthusiasts? Hey, guys, I'm the product planner for Ford. So here's what we're thinking. What what I find fascinating though is <laughs> clearly these ideas have been focus grouped. Now now let me let me back up here a second. If you go and shoot a documentary, you can edit that to say two different things. You could absolutely what, whatever yeah. it, whatever issue you want to make. Well, you've taught about. me that. Yes, you can edit it to be pro or con the issue you sat out to shoot with, mm-hmm. and you shot the same footage. Right, right. Focus groups are great, but the problem with focus groups is sometimes. I'm not going to say all the time. I want to. I'm going to say sometimes. Sometimes the data can be manipulated to back up the preconceived notions they had before they even went in. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So my concern is with both Beaver Teeth, which you know was focus group to somebody. Uh, they <laughs> didn't use the name. Who was this? They didn't use the name. But they, you know, they showed it to somebody. And this Mustang thing. Who have they talked to? Were the and lights was, off in the room and nobody could was, see each other? Was like, no, did nobody? Did nobody take the counterposition of guys what are you doing and if there was somebody that did that was that 
percentage-wise numbers silenced in service of, no, everybody everybody wants a Mustang SUV. Right. Well, I'm open to Ford having this product. Sure. At first blush, though, I'm not opening open to them using the Mustang name to sell the car. Mm-hmm. But to, to go down this road, to have an electric CUV, okay. Sure. If you sure, think sure. that's yeah. what's going to sell, and like you said, if you focus grouped it, great. If you mm-hmm. think people will buy it, have at it. Sure. sure. Go sure, sell yeah, it. Yeah. Go build yeah, yeah. it. Go sell it. We'll drive it. We'll evaluate it. We'll talk about it. But as far as positioning in the market and the name that you're using to yeah. describe, yeah. because... Mustang is a descriptor. It is a it, it's an action verb. It's a it, it is from yeah. leaving cars and coffee. It is an action verb. <laughs> we have mustanged right into the crowd. Uh-huh. You're right. You're right. It's gone so far that feeling of you know what a Mustang drives like. You yeah. know that feeling yeah, yeah. you get. Yeah. That's what it, you know, on and on and on. You you compare it to that kind of thing. Okay. All right, yeah, so yeah. to now bless this new lump with the same name. Let's not a good move. Let's and this is before we know any information yeah. about the thing. Let's assume for a moment that what they've created is awesome. Let's just let's just give them that. Let's assume that it's awesome. <laughs> Generous, but okay. I mean, who, yeah, and, and you know, every okay. car is good and bad. Okay, let's sure. assume it's awesome. Just give it its own name. And, and I'll be honest, Whatever I don't even want. have I don't even have a problem with the Mach One as much. I think that's also kind of trading on a name, but that's not tr- that's not declaring something. As much as Mustang is, yeah, it's yeah. it's the most successful, most popular, most well known sports car name on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now it's going to be an SUV because we focus grouped it, I guess, because SUVs are all that matter. Rant is kind of ending because we're going to cut it because off because we'll pick of, it up again once yeah, they actually reveal of course this they thing. Will. Yeah, yeah. That, mm-hmm. This is before we've even seen it. Yeah, yeah. We we could go on. So thank you for asking. Obviously, we'll cover it more and. I want to drive it. Of course I do. There's going to be a lot of these coming out. Mercedes, Audi, a lot of others have yeah. already previewed this is where products are going. It'll we haven't to seen be- the Beaver Teeth version of whatever <laughs> this thing will be in the future, but, you know, it's coming. They're all going to need to be driven like we always do where the badges don't matter and we drive them on merits. Mm-hmm. But I think this is weird that we're naming it what we've named it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of when Ford was really cool, the, the Ford versus Ferrari movie is actually <laughs> dropping very yes, soon Yes, it's well. dropping we're, today, in fact. Yeah, if you're we're, listening we're to this on Friday, this is premiere yep. day. Yes. Yeah, we're very excited about seeing this, so uh, hopefully you get a chance. And mm-hmm. all the previews look really good, so we haven't seen it at this point. But, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, it's good. I'm looking forward to it. I've seen behind the scenes already, so... Stuff floating around out there yeah, already, but cool. I'm just excited to, to enjoy. Even if we all know the storyline and we know yeah. how it goes, it's just going to be fun to enjoy. And just the fact that somebody shot this movie, yeah. that's just great. So yeah, let's see the visuals. Yeah. And, and throwing down big money for big stars and yeah. big production to make this movie. I think that's fantastic. It's really good. I'm glad it's coming. We're definitely going to fight to see it this weekend. Uh, luckily, we don't have to fight like you used to have to fight in L.A., which is yeah, fight across sure. town to get to the movie theater. And there's none of that. It's four, Park four City. Four minutes away. Yeah. I actually I was joking with you earlier. I happened to go uh, I happened to go see the uh, Terminator sequel recently, mm-hmm. and I went on a random Sunday night, and I was <laughs> – I'm not kidding you. I was the only person in the theater. It was the late show. It was the late show, still. and the movie 
clearly isn't doing well, but I was I really I haven't had that experience since New Line when I used to actually do QC for films. I would sit in theaters. Was by it a weird feeling? Time. Like, am I supposed to be working? Seriously, right it was like, what do I do? I need to do I need to tell you when it looks wrong because <laughs> I you know I don't think your light level's right. Anyway, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. All right, well, uh, a little uh, update. Hopefully, every podcast the QP five is here and we're waiting on the Phaeton. I have the title of the cars oh, in good. transit. Yes. Okay. Good. It is. It so is somewhere waiting. between me and Florida right now. Do they have the tracking device for the for the transporter? Do they are they that? I don't think it's that cool. Okay. It's not that cool. Right. But but right. they but the driver's coming home. The driver's Salt Lake based. Yeah, so that's I right. I think that's that right. makes him extra motivated to load the thing up and. Does the driver know here. that the entire internet is waiting on the delivery of this particular Phaeton? Is he aware of the are we saying the entire this internet? event? But, but I, yeah, what, what, I, what I would love, and I don't think it's the case, what I would love is if he happened to be a podcast listener, but I don't think that'd be great. That and then lucky. realizing it, Hopefully, just slowly filtering in, going, wait, it must be the car that's here's, I'm towing. Right? Here's what I actually hope wait. happens that I can tell him about the podcast when he drops off the car, and then going forward, he becomes a podcast listener on his long haul. That's a great that would idea. Be cool. Oh, be yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, we've got a couple of great debates, as Todd said. For Corey B., he's looking for a compliment to his JDM fun car because he's in the Navy, travels yeah, around yeah, from yeah. place to place every few years. He's currently in San Diego, but he had spent time in Japan where he picked up a 92 Toyota Soar. We know this mm-hmm. as the Lexus SC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it had the 2.5 liter 1JZ GTE non-VVTI, the <laughs> How many of you are lost right now? I'm give you more codes here. Yeah. It was How the, many of you were just completely zoned out? It was the 2.5 liter that we never got in the yes. States. Let's put it that way. Okay? So it's the the car that was designed with filling balloons full of plaster and projecting them on the screen. You remember my description oh, about yeah. that one? Yeah, yeah. So it was that car, 92 Lexus SC Toyota Soar. He's driven it all around the country for car events. He's filmed YouTube videos. He kept it mostly stock until he exported it back to the States in 2018. Yeah. And he's been saving up money to update things on the car, including a manual swap, paint and body work, limited slip, slip diff for cool. more controllable spirited driving, he says, future track days. And the car that he sold to get this is a 2010 Toyota Corolla manual. Mm-hmm. He had sold the car with over 100,000 miles. He used to do autocross. He'd done everything to that car. Everything. Yeah, that I mean, was what he sold to get the Lexus. Lightweight wheels. Well, Toyota, but yeah. You know, the right tires. But then, yeah, that got sold. So we went to Japan, and this is the current ride. Mm-hmm. So he's got it in San Diego, and he's thinking, hmm, I want to drop this car off for some work to be done at the beginning of November, which is where we are now. Yeah, so yeah. we might... Corey be a little too late on this. Hopefully we're current enough. Yes. However, I'm wondering if our recommendations might jive with what you're doing because at this point, theoretically, the sore is dropped off. He's for, putting it in for, for a work. bunch of stuff to be done and he needs the commute car. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting is he starts to get in the conversation about, I don't want front wheel drive. I want to broaden my horizons. Okay. I don't want rear wheel drive because the sore is rear wheel drive. Yeah. Um, this I, is my first question. Uh, I mean, all that leaves you with is all-wheel drive. I was going to say. And that actually has demeanors of both of the others. Right, depending so, on what kind of all-wheel drive I, system you I buy. Don't, I don't think you're really getting – I mean, just talking dynamics here. Going, what are our other options? <laughs> what I, want, I want mid-wheel drive. I don't know what that is. Sounds it, cool, though. It's a, fi- it's a five-wheel car. The center wheel does that all the driving. Cool. Anyway, that's going to be awesome. This thing rotates right out. The- Forget it. Don't suggest that to Ford because they might take you literally. They'll make a Mustang. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's happening already, the, the slapping. Anyway, but so <laughs> – It's going to come. He actually thinks – he actually thinks that what might be perfect – and we should stop on this car for a minute. What, he, what might be perfect is a WRX. 
He's never had one. He's always been intrigued. He likes the current one where they went away from the ancient engine that's still in the STI. <laughs> it is ancient. The it's ancient, creaky old engine. Hey, that... it's still been plenty of power, but yeah, it's an ancient it engine at this it point. And if you look at like, I, I wonder if it might be the longest running, continuously running engine being made right now. I, I, somebody's going to check me, and you're going to send an email, and that's Surely fine. Surely it was the 3.5 liter Buick GM engine, the V6 that they made since like the 50s. And it was, it <laughs> went in every right. like Electra and Regal. You're and probably right. There was but, that engine but floating I, around. But I mean of ones being made right now. Is okay. it the one that's been made continuously the longest of ones you can currently go by? I think it's got to okay. be up there. But anyway, the point, right. that's not the point. The point is, WRX, what's wrong with it? Nothing. Nothing. He's got the money for a WRX. He's got roughly WRX 30 grand. talk has uh, picked up lately. Have it has picked this? up of late because you and I walked away for the longest time. Because here was what happened. I, I know we <laughs> oh, talked joked about it but at the beginning of the podcast. The number of emails we got initially for the first—I'm not kidding you—six months of this podcast was, "Hi guys, <laughs> I want something four doors, all-wheel drive, kind of fun. Uh, I'd like it to be decent in the snow. I have twenty-five thousand dollars." And if it could be blue with gold wheels, that'd be bonus. <laughs> so we just kept being what like, do you, you know, think? we could do a string of podcasts where it was just like the WRX podcast number four, number five, exactly. number six. Exactly. So we, we, we it's established. It's not a bad thing. We, bad no, thing. we established that, honestly, if that's what you're shopping for, that's your car. Go get one. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I do yeah, think yeah, yeah. the WRX is a genuinely good one for you. I, I actually like the WRX right now because I like how fast it gets up on turbo. It yeah, really okay. very quickly okay. spikes up on turbo, and it has a lot of that. The Fiesta ST is this way. It has a lot of that mid-range punch, which is where you drive all the time. Also known as the light fun. switch effect. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? There it is! Well, but that's the thing. Oh you don't have to wait long in the current one. You don't. You, you don't. Not as long as you're used to it. Not as long as... Like, the, the old ancient engine. Yes. You waited longer. For yes. Uh, yes. So, it, so it, it's got it available a lot. And go watch our uh, BRZ versus WRX uh YouTube video mm-hmm. that discusses the pros and cons of this discussion. I think you would really like yeah, it. Yeah, when you spike the turbo on that one, you're gone. But yeah. until then, it's sort of like, but huh, I, I it's um, a lazy canoe day on this. <laughs> and then you're gone. That's the Lancer, my friend. The Lancer <laughs> right. is waiting, 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 waiting. <laughs> Rocket ship, and the Evo is the same way. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're both that way. And luckily, the WRX isn't that way. I think it's a great, solid choice. I want to give you some other choices, but I really want to. I, I want to ask this question. I think you've pigeonholed yourself by just shopping all-wheel drive for your drives in San Diego. What's wrong with another rear-wheel drive car? I think nothing. I'm going to Especially suggest considering you've got a rear-wheel drive, right-hand drive car right now. Let's mix things up and get rear-wheel drive, left-hand drive. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that sounds so crazy. It actually fits in this you country. crazy wild You can guy. do things like drive through. You know. All right. Yeah. So we got to establish the budget, first of all. He's looking at thirty-five to 40000 most of it will need to be financed. He's looking to put about 5000 down, and he would like to stay new. Corey wants to stay new because, you know, he's got the special car. He still wants the warranty. He has projects. He doesn't want another project. He does. Yeah. He does. He's owned a myriad of things in the past, including a Pontiac Sunfire. Oh, Civic Hatchback, Ford Ranger and from lot, 1988. Tons of range of stuff. Yeah. Cadillac and the Corolla. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hyundai Tiburon, V6, GT Manual. Just okay. a big range of things is what I see here. All kinds of stuff. So yeah, he's yeah. experienced front, mid, and rear-wheel drive. He hasn't experienced mid-wheel drive yet. I haven't experienced but, mid-wheel you know, drive. We're working on that. Yeah. I'm not sure what that means. Anyway, so with that kind of money, you've got choices, my friend. Yeah, big time. Where did you go with uh, – did you stay brand new? Did you I stayed, deviate? I at stayed all? either brand new or you might shop a year or so old, so you're still in warranty. Depending okay. upon how your budget goes and what you find, I have I have look, the WRX, yes. 
Go get a WRX. Enjoy it. You'd be fine. You'd be happy. I, I think that's a very solid choice. I don't think it's the only choice. I have another all-wheel drive. I have a front-wheel drive, and I have two. You want a new experience? What about these cars? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're almost in the wildcard t- category. On all-wheel drive, go shop the Audi S3. You want a commute car. Yeah, okay, good. That's a great little commute car. It is, it is. A little bit of a rocket ship when you need it to be. Otherwise, it's just serene and nice and executive and classy. And then, by the way, it's fast. I like it. So Audi S3, I think, is a real, really good contender here. Solid. If you want something a little more hair on fire for your commute, you could buy yourself a Veloster in and have money left over. Mm, that's on my list. I'm is glad it, you said that. That's high on my list, We're front-wheel drive, but who cares? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I, I wonder, and I don't know, I wonder if the capabilities of that old Corolla you had would be, which, which you completely turned into an autocross beast, if you would feel like the Veloster N was better than all of the best of its capabilities while still being a better car. Yes. You cannot put your front-wheel drive lack of love in the category of the new Veloster N. It's, it's they crazy act fun. so much different. They're so different. So I do have that on my list. 29000 all in. Twenty-nine grand, fully two hundred seventy-five horsepower front-wheel yep. drive, phenomenal. There's over a thousand combinations of the N Sport button and what you can do, <laughs> customizable. Turn that off. Turn this on. Oh, turn this off. It's on turn my list, on. Corey. It, it yeah. really is. It's worth a drive at the very least. And talk about different. All right, what else do you have on your list? Uh, well, I mean, I want you to go through your list as well, but I'm going to give my two. If you really want a new experience, because this is his commute car, mm-hmm. but he mm-hmm. wants a new experience out of it. I thought of two. They couldn't be more different. One is, why don't you, instead of buying, lease either huh. of these two cars. Huh. The Base Alpha Julia. It's on my list. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Base Alpha Julia. Why not? Well, Go. I figured, you know how we've talked about reliability about Alphas? Now that I'm a Maserati owner, like anything is like <laughs> great compared to the Maserati. Everything's fine. I've had no problems up to this point. It's all valid. It's sort of like I'm a Maserati owner. So Alfa Romeo is like a toaster. Get the Alfa. <laughs> There's the Toyota of Italy. Yes. Right there. I love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's so, totally reset my meter. Yeah. So I'm like, why not the Alfa? So the Alpha, all right. But the Alfa Julie is, is, a, is a unique car among sedans right now. Rear wheel drive. Great handling. We've talked it up yeah, before. Yeah. Go get an Alpha Julia. And then my last one, if you're talking commute car, new experience where I you're in this car just going, this is like nothing else I've ever been in. Chevy Bolt. That is like nothing else you've ever been in. I'm looking at the range of stuff he's had and what he likes about what he his in his current garage. So Chevy Bolt. What do you think of my new car. baby? That's a baby. <laughs> Perfect perfectly happy. Look, I if I had the choice personally between Julia and Bolt. I'd go Julia. But if you were saying buy a commute car, Bolt. I like Bolt for San Diego. For just commute, commuting? Why not? Great. That's pretty good. Corey, I had the Kia Stinger GT on my list. For your money, all day long, you'll save money. You'll have money left over. You can do the all-wheel drive if you like. You can just do the GT. But yeah, large, comfortable. You can... Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Everybody who buys the Stinger keeps telling us, like, yeah, Kia for the win. We they really keep like saying it. thanks, guys. They go, I'll go look at the Kia. Whoa. I think I'll buy one. That keeps happening. Yeah. You're right. It's very funny. But your car, the Soarer, the Lexus SC, I've always looked at it as a more cruising, comfortable, not the typical rear wheel drive feel. You're mm. not going to really hoon this thing, in my opinion. I think it's on the heavier side, and you've got the 2.5 liter, which is great, yeah. but it's not the high engine. It's not the 
huge output engine, and I'm just thinking, I look at this as just the comfortable, unless what you're doing to it is to turn it into the crazy monster. He's trying to do that, but I do ask the question. I think he is trying to turn just, it into more of that, but are you... Like super that's not the super. Are you chasing the wrong of, thing, I wonder, on that car? Because it, it's I'm unique bit, and cool. Yeah, I But I do wonder if, you're, if he's building it into something that doesn't play to its strengths. And I don't know... Look, I don't know enough about the car and what he's doing to be clear on that. But there is always that... that Concern that you build something in a direction that it wasn't really intended to go. Um, I, I wonder. I don't know. I'm thinking out loud. Alpha, Kia Stinger, and the Hyundai Veloster N are the only ones on my list with a warranty, so I do check oh, okay. that box, right. so now All I right. can veer into and a now you're going to go off, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. suggest a 2015 Jaguar F-Type S V6 with okay. only 25,000 okay. miles. 2015. $42,950. It does have the 8-speed auto, but if you could find the manual version of that car... But if it's a commute car and he wants the eight speed, go eight speed. He's putting a go stick eight? shift in yeah. the soar. That's true. That's yeah. true. You could stick with the paddles. It's actually located at Park Place Limited up in Seattle, my favorite place. But you know what? He actually needs almost another manual transmission. You know why? Because in the soar, he shifts left handed. He needs a car he can shift right handed. Oh, that's right. So you can Equal be shifting and muscle opportunity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't want to like walk lopsided. You yeah, know, no, like let's you're not do that. Yeah, really huge on your left side. And like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Ah, you own a JDM car, don't you? Yes. Ridiculous. All right, so my other thought for you, completely different. Here it comes. 2004 911 Carrera 4S, hmm. manual transmission, red, 80,000 miles, $32,950. Wow. Quite different. Looks lovely. Go get this thing. Wow. Carrera 4S. So it's got the bodywork. It's got plenty of power. Manual, different. 4S is all-wheel drive. Sure, you're and right. It's the rear there you engine go. Feel. All right, there you go. That is, you're right. That checks a lot of different experience. It just boxes doesn't have right the there. warranty box to check. It doesn't have that. On you're the right. other hand, thirty-two nine, they'd probably take thirty-one five, maybe thirty-two flat. Got some money left over, and those cars typically run. Just saying, that's a good point. Just I, saying. That, that is, that's a lot of new experience boxes. That's almost as many new experience boxes as the Chevy Bolt is. Honestly, yeah, where you just went totally different than anything you've had. And then, Corey, you're going to be paddling around in the pool, a Porsche. You know? Yeah, well, you're just trying to throw throw life jackets and toss people in the pool. That's really what you're <laughs> I'm doing. I'm not trying to throw life jackets. I want you to drown. <laughs> no life jackets here. You've got to keep the, the people actually alive enough to keep buying product. That's where the life jackets come in. You just want them okay. in the pool. All right, yes, yes, you know, for sure, for this sure. This isn't seal trading. We're not trying to tread water, okay? it's just We want you to float. Just we want you to have a great time barely. in the pool. That's where you are. Yeah, exactly. You just want them drenched in pretty much. Porsche or whatever that is. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yuck. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out and still baking your car's interior. All you need is a custom sunscreen from Covercraft. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car, and they keep your car a lot cooler while you're off enjoying the sunshine or whatever you're doing. I have used these for years, and I, I'm telling you, I swear by them. These custom sunscreens from Covercraft are available in a whole range of colors, and they're a simple, affordable way for you to keep your car cooler all summer long and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens from Covercraft. It's one of our favorite car accessories. And remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance. 
Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today. You may not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking. We're all looking all the time. And it seems there's always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you only enter your search one time and you see the results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump over to AutoTrader and CarGurus without entering anything new. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't go all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Jake in Northern Michigan is writing about a trade-off. Mm-hmm. He's conflicted because he's thinking, I want a light off-roader for more spirited canyon carving. Yeah, no, 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 no. Sorry, hang on. Oh, tra- hang on. trade. Hang on. Oh, whether he's whether conflicted. he wants. He's conflicted. That's the, conf- the conflict. The problem is he can't have both. I read he that He wants to be off-roading. But he's also going, I like to canyon carve. Do I buy something that can go off-road really, or do I buy something that can canyon carve? He's saying, Rereading this answers my question. Okay, all right. Mm. He, he's saying that he has uh, some money, but not a ton. I get the sense here that we're dealing with. In fact, did he give an actual budget? I think it's about 15, 20 grand. Uh, 15, maybe him. 20. Yep. So, yeah, that's his budget. And he's going, so what do I do? Do I, do I give up on the fact that I want to drive canyons. I want to be a better driver. I want to enjoy that. But I really want to be off-road. What do I do? Yeah. I have some ideas here, but okay. this is his big question. I wanted to know, Jake, a little bit more about the off-roading because you're saying at what point should you abandon your need for speed and sense of adventure? And, yeah. You know, finding yeah. adventure. I mean, finding speed, whatever it is at the end of the speed is also adventure, you realize. True. But I get your point, and you're saying you're a Volvo guy first, love the V70R for the speed, and you believe you could afford a 2015 V60 cross-country, which is great. Cool, yeah. A lot of times you guys write to us and say, here's the car I'm thinking for a myriad of reasons, and many times it's validation. We say yes. If that is your thing, absolutely. If that lights your candle, I say go get the cross-country. It's not my bag, baby. (laughs) It's really not my bag, baby. (laughs) Name that movie. And and the book from Austin Powers, This Really Is My Bag, Baby. Anyway. It really is my bag. All right. So he loves unique cars and says, what other vehicles could we suggest for a budget of 15 to 20 grand? Mm -hmm. He's saying he can only afford one car. That's not where I went. It's not where I went either. Because that's the thing. 15 to 20 grand, you can get more than one car out of that equation. You can get a Sherpa. (laughs) ATV, Sherpa, Russian thing. You're right. Well, yeah. What are those? Those are like 20 grand though, aren't they? They're not great for the commute. All you're getting is that. You can like, I mean, the commute could be over the top of a building and other cars. It could be like, I'm taking a different What is that? Ukrainian built or whatever that goes five miles an hour, but they're crazy cool. They're sweet. Yeah. Okay. So he's got Renegade Trailhawk Crosstrek V70R S60R design. Old C30, and even suggests Saab. By the way, my brother-in-law, Daniel, mm-hmm. said, he texted me the other day and said, what do I do with my newfound Saab obsession? I was like, buddy, you're asking the wrong person. So I'm going to throw gasoline on that fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know this yet, but we'll talk at Thanksgiving, and then he's going to explain the Saab obsession here. And well, yeah. I Haven't they already it, broken oh, the key off in the center console? <laughs> they got the, they fished it out somehow. Yeah, They anyway. got the new one. Yeah, so well, he's looking for oddball kind of stuff. He is, yeah. I, I hear you. I mean, I do like the all-road and the cross-country mm-hmm. kinds of looks. Yeah. Even the golf all-track. I mean, yes. that is a viable option yes. here. it's very cool. Too bad they're it's going away, but it's very cool. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they're still on sale as of 2019. You could find a dealership with that all-track still on the show yeah. floor, and yeah, those yeah. are just about 15, probably probably between 15 and 20 when you're all done, depending yeah, on your dealership, I'm depending on what they're twenty twenty five. Maybe there, maybe still, a little bit more. But, but it's but Talking it's a whole level. It's a whole level down from the all road. 
Yeah, it no, is. That's and what's not, nice about it. And it's cool. That's why I come back cool. to the, what yeah, is yeah. the off-roading you want to do? Is it Agreed. articulation Agreed. of suspension and you've, you're tripoding and you're, you know, what are we talking yeah. here? Yeah, yeah. Is this gravel roads to the beach? Totally. That, totally. that was the qualifier that I was looking for. But your statement about, you know, the car kind of did settle that for me. It did answer that question for me. So I'm, I'm looking at those three. Okay. I like the all-road thing. I like the, I mean, I hate to say it again. It's the safariized thing from the OEM. That's what you're well, looking for. Yeah, what I actually made a note of here is he could just go buy somebody else's disastrous safari build. And then I thought, no, don't do that. Please don't do that. Disastrous, please. There, there was actually somebody in Salt Lake here not that long ago that was selling their safariized, I think it was an NB Miata. And I, I regrettedly admitted that it looked cool, even though I still shook my head as to why does that exist. Because just, that actually answers even more of why Miata is the answer. It just adds yeah. – Ammo to that. I'm just going to go off roading in my Miata now. Anyway, can, I, I have way. I have a couple of thoughts here. My first thought is a two car scenario. I know you didn't think two cars, but I think I think you're looking at your budget and going, I can only get one car. And I'm looking at your budget and going, no, no, twenty no, grand, fifteen grand, easy. Yeah. So I think it's possible. So I have a two car scenario and I have a one car scenario. But the big thing I, I want to say here about the two car scenario is this. I think one of the nice things about buying an off roader is you can spend very little money on your off roader and it just needs to run. And mm-hmm. if it gets beat up on, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. look, there's there. You can also take something. Plenty of people do, and wait for where I'm going in a minute. You can take something very nice off roading as well. Mm-hmm. But my point is, mm-hmm. if what you're just doing is, I need an off roader to just take and, and beat up on a little bit. Okay, fine. Then buy something cheap. So I have two random weird cars that fit into the cheap off roader category. Okay. Okay. Honda Element. Oh, good. <laughs> and Suzuki Samurai. Yeah. Yeah. Go shop either of those. I don't know how capable that element is. Is but it capable? I, I don't think it's overly or is that just capable. A beach in Mexico that you take surfing I, kind of. Capable? I think that's its level. But but here's the thing: he isn't specific about what off roading means. Yeah, see, the that's Suzuki what I come Samurai back to. would be yeah. far more capable, and they are crazy cheap. And clearly, if they fall over, you and a couple of friends turn it back right side up, and you move on. So you've all seen the Jeep it's joke. It's a game. You've all seen the Jeep joke where the thing on the on the bumper says, "If you can read this, turn me over." It's yes. that with the Samurai. Yes. So there is that. But here's the thing: what's that going to cost you? Five, ten grand? You've oh, got five not or ten much. grand. You've got at least ten grand left. Easy. Now you're shopping MX5. Mm-hmm. Now you have both. You have the low power, perfectly good on a back road car. That gets it done for the gorgeous, nice days that do exist in Michigan now and then. You drop the top and you're happy. Mm-hmm. Or you want to go off-roading this weekend, you take the, the car that didn't cost much that happens to be able to go off-road. I think that's a really good two-car scenario for you. Now, if you live in a situation where you can't have two cars, mm-hmm. you can afford them. That, when that's what you've said. You said you can only afford. No, you can afford more than one in that scenario. If you can't have two cars, different conversation. I have an all-in-one hmm. that once it, it – Struck me, and you're going to think I thought of it instantly, but I was thinking about this, and after the fact, like way after the fact, I went, wait, 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 wait. Hmm. I've got to solve. Okay, something that can actually feel decent in a canyon, okay. canyon carving to the off-road trail, do the off-road trail, and reverse your way home. Okay, a used Cayenne. Yeah, I was wondering if you'd go there. With our experience that we just had at the Porsche Experience Atlanta, I don't think oh, the kind man. of off-roading you're talking about is even what we did there. What we did there proved to me. My wife doesn't like this idea, by the way, but it proves to me that <laughs> the kind of trails we've done in Moab, you could do in a Cayenne. You need to yeah. get one yeah. that's at least a Cayenne S with the full, and, and I'm talking first-gen Cayenne by 08 and up, 
So it's 08 through 2010. Yeah. You don't by, want the 06 to 08. I mean, they exist, Well, but, the, the 07 doesn't exist because there were so many problems up through, from yeah, 2003 to 06. Yeah, but the 06 still does. Yes, 2003 to 06. Those were problem cars. Yeah, they didn't yeah. make it in 07. The back half of first gen was 08 and up. So buy those. Uh, get one that's at least a Cayenne S with the full off-road crazy suspension running gear, which, yes, means expensive, mm-hmm. but it'll do anything you need it to do off-road. Anything. That's true. That's a great so, point. And then, and then, honestly, every time I drive my wife's car in a scenario where we actually do corners, I always turn to her and I'm just like, this thing handles really well. For a 5,000-pound SUV, yeah. I'm continually – had, we've had it for years – continually surprised by it. Now, for those of you that are saying, don't do that because off-roaders are going to require maintenance, you're right. That's why I was going Suzuki Samurai a minute ago. But let me say this to you. The Cayenne – Yes, will be expensive to maintain should stuff break. But compare it to a Range Rover or a G-Wagon. Oh, sure. People buy well, those to bang them around, and then they break stuff. You've told me that your Cayenne has just run. You've, you've yes. put, put money into it, yes, no doubt. Have. Maintenance, yes. But you've told me that it's been one of the best cars you've owned. Yes, maintenance-wise it has been, for sure. For Which sure. is astounding. And I think you've nailed it with the Cayenne, to be honest. Now, 15 to 20, shop smart. Shop, you know... Miles do matter on these things, but maintenance is ultimately more important. I was thinking even that uh, that orange and black Safari edition that they did. That the would Trans Siberia. Trans Siberia. Yeah, yes, yeah, thank yeah. you. That would be awesome. That I mean, I just it, I kind of it's a surprising do it all for the conversation he's having here, where he kind of wishes he could be on a canyon road and enjoy it. But mm-hmm. look at the off road trail. Does both look, Jake? I was thinking the same thing as Todd. I was thinking, you know, just some fun, inexpensive, sharp car like a Miata. That would be fun for that, and then go something else. I was thinking Wrangler. I was thinking Rubicon. Anything. They're five grand for a used thing. I mean, it depends on how much off roading you're thinking about doing yeah, here. Yeah. You know, Rubicons are harder for that budget, but Jeeps they might in be general, harder. But yeah, just go buy one. You know, see it, yeah. there's a ton of true off roaders. Toyota Tacomas are surprisingly capable. FJ cruisers, cruisers do well. Yes. yes, yes. You've got Toyota Rav fours now that are newer, of course. I like your cross-country, and I even went looking at the extreme end of the four-wheel drive thing. Uh-oh. 2012 SVT Raptors are fifteen to $17,000 with 100,000 miles. You are kidding. They're I'm down not, that far? They're fi- I found a $15,000 Raptor from 2012, 100,000 miles. It looks great. It's got method wheels. Mm. He's mm. got a, a whole bunch of stuff done to it. You'll never get your money back out of it. Fifteen grand. I wish I could remember what Jacob at Straight Pipes, one of you knows that's listening, what Jacob at Straight Pipes spent I just for his asked Raptor. him at SEMA and he told me. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember either, but he's got that, you know, he's high got, mile Raptor that he's he bought. He's got higher nothing, miles, you know. but I think he paid maybe slightly less, but it was somewhere in that range. Yeah, it's amazing to me they're down that far. And that's the V8. So you, they yeah, dropped, yeah, yeah. and I mean, you want true off road capability. Fair point. Yeah. But it's nowhere near what a Cayenne is, but maybe it just, you know, feed the itch for a while and you've got that. <laughs> You know, off-road thing covered, and then it's not a we'll canyon see what power, but the, the off-road capability is there for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I was shocked to see him down that far. That is interesting. Yeah, Jacob would certainly prove that he he did well on that. But I like the Cayenne. I think you've nailed it there. Unless you know you're really in love with the Volvo. I didn't think of it at first, and then I thought, wait a minute, that could get it done. Jump into social media questions. If you've got your own debate, write to us. We'd love to hear from you. EverydayDriverTV at gmail dot com or on the website where you're perusing the brochure for the. Iberian yes. Peninsula trip. It's going to be crazy. Come on with us. We'd love to have you. It's anyway, going to be crazy. Yeah. Send us an email. Please write to us with your uh, with your debate and uh, what you're thinking. But we're jumping to questions now from social media. And I'm starting with Bruce Irvine's question on Facebook. 
He says, how do I tell my wife that the dream car I bought a year ago oh, is already boring me? Oh, Bruce. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Shelby, 755 horsepower F-150. Holy moly. Yep. Will I ever be happy? He says, I feel like cheating on my Shelby truck with an NSX or an R8. But then, will I want a truck again? Does it ever stop? No, it never stops. It never stops. He just can't it, keep buying your handbags. See the purse tax. Yeah. Uh, yow. Wow. Um. No, it never stops. Yes, I think you should change. I think you should go shopping. And it's tough to... I met a neighbor nearby. Uh, he's in the neighborhood, obviously. Yeah. And, and He's a neighbor. Uh, yeah, I got it. Well, he's a neighbor. Yeah. That, in the neighborhood? Established. Did established. I mention the part? The guy that lives near you? He lives near me. He's one of your neighbors? Well, he, he doesn't lives live in the near me, but he's always in the... Anyway, yeah. he's a moving friend on. of the guy in the... Desperately moving on. He said, this Nissan Pathfinder is the last truck I'll ever buy. It's like, you're like... You know, mid sixties or something, but that's a bold <laughs> statement. What if it gets wrecked? What if you end up not liking it? But he's like, "Oh yeah, this is the last truck I'll ever buy." I'm like, "That's pretty out there, my friend." How long you plan on living, sir? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, are you just done? Should I look at my watch? Are you, are you, are you cashing this in at the end of the year? What's going <laughs> like, on? That's really kind of a sad statement, to be honest there. with you. Yeah. So when we say dream car, we talk about this all the time, and we're going to revisit it. You don't have to fall out of love for your current car to sell it, to get rid of it, to no. go get something else. Yes, it's the dream car. Yes, the Caymans are my dream car. I'm still looking, I admit. Did, I, yeah. I'm willing to bet, as much as you love the Lotus, you're still willing to put that aside at some point. Mm-hmm. I know you love it a lot. But I, do. I, I, I do. I still think this applies. Yeah. And we've talked about you don't have to fall out of love with the car to get rid of it and move to something else. Bruce, you could go back to that truck. You could go get a Raptor in the future. You could get something else yeah. that's super hot, the Shelbyized yeah. Raptors or whatever. You could go back to that. But we want you to ultimately have good experiences and, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. course, spend your money for you. But if that is <laughs> under we, your we skin, now, I, I, when you want to describe what you want to do to your wife, this is a whole other separate subject here. Well, you want to convince her, but 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 let me ask this question real quick. What I would like to know that you haven't shared is what was it about that truck that made you want it? Because I wonder yeah. if you if you yeah. just kind of got excited about the stats and the what it is and all that kind of stuff, and now you had it and it's truck, but that means you've given up all the other driving possibilities. Look at the cars you're thinking about in, con- in comparison: the R8, the NSX, the exact opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. into expensive mid-engine cars. So clearly, I think something about this got under your skin, but I actually wonder, is having a lesser truck going to be okay? Because I actually, if, if it's just truck stuff, then can you split the, split the money better? Can you have a truck that does the truck things and a sports car that does sports car things and not have the elite version of either one? What's the what's the half budget version of both? Instead of the R8 I'm and the NSX and budget. the big Shelby, what about a used Raptor and uh, fifteen grand. A used rap. Well, I'm not even going that far back. But a used Raptor and a first gen NSX. What about that? Yeah. You know what? What if we cut the budget in half and now had both of the ends of the spectrum? Because I think the other problem that you're yeah. having, and this is my little bit of my Lotus scenario, but luckily my wife has other cars in the garage. If you buy something extremely on one end, you've you've don't have the opportunity to experience all the other stuff of driving dynamics. Sure. So you've bought the big, heavy-duty, crazy truck with all the power and the Shelby stuff in the... Oh, that's a nice car. Mm-hmm. What if you split and get both? I like the balance. And, Bruce, we're obviously treating this a little bit like a car debate without are, knowing yes. your past car history. I mean, you might have gotten past those cars, but we come back to what if you spent a little bit less, got something that 
was unexpectedly fun mm. that you didn't yeah. think about and you were able to balance the two and say, all right, you know what? Don't need the truck anymore. Maybe I get the you know lesser truck so I still have truck capabilities and then the something. You went and got a Veloster N and you cackled everywhere you drove. Yeah. And and a truck of ba- some sort. Back to your commentary about your wife. You've said that she has a, a myriad of purses. She has purses for different outfits and occasions. You need that in cars. Mm. I'm just saying. Look, I'm not equating them as <laughs> equivalent money. I'm not Danger. saying that. Danger. But we are having this kind of conversation. Mm. Interesting. All right, Bruce. Got to keep us updated. We'll see. Uh, Destino asks, okay, any recommendations on how to stop brake dust from sticking? His Ford Focus just cakes it on the wheels the day after he cleans it. I actually recommend to you not cleaning products. Change your brake pads. There it is. Let's do different brake pads that yeah. are lower dust. What kind of brake pads do you need? Like if you, put, if you put track pads on your car, they will always do two things. They will always squeak, and they will leave a ton of brake dust. <laughs> yes, you can stop quickly. Mm-hmm. Do you need that on your daily? I mean, I had a couple of cars where I put race pads on them and went, I am an idiot, and promptly took those off because of these kind of problems. So what kind of braking? I know this sounds crazy. What kind of braking are you doing? Are, uh, is this a track car? Is this an autocross car? And if so, by the way, you can put those pads in when you go to the track. Get some low-dust pads. Mm-hmm. Hey, Matthew Hilbig writes to us. Hey, man, really appreciate you writing. He says, in hindsight, what, if any car, do we regret recommending most and Hmm. why? And what do we feel has been on the opposite end of the spectrum? What has been our most clairvoyant or most applauded recommendation? Honestly, it's... Are people applauding? Does that happen? (laughs) Yeah. I've never heard that, but keep going. Honestly, it's when the car we suggest, maybe you disagree with it, but it gets you thinking. Because Mm -hmm. we've heard many stories about, hey, you mentioned this... And then it maybe remember such and such car. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's when it seems like, all right, this is when the discussion resonates because we come back to the feeling that you're looking for in that situation. Sure. So, you know, we've recommended a lot. I, I trying to think of cars that I regret recommending. I recommended all kinds at this point, mm-hmm. and, and we hope to. But, you know, we want to take each person's scenario and say, all right, that's what I'm seeing. But go ahead and disagree and go get the thing that you think will fit because then you you know then you know you've got yeah, the yeah. the decision making process behind you and we hope more than anything it gets you thinking yeah that that's the biggest thing yeah. and, and then on the other side you know when we you know we can suggest things we think are perfect and it's like no i got the other thing instead and that yeah. was perfect great well and there's always stuff we don't know about these conversations too we'll recommend a car and somebody has a visceral reaction to it because of that story we haven't heard we get that too like yeah, the three garage sure. across the river yeah. in Manhattan there's that kind of stuff as well we, we still happens. need an update yeah. there yeah yeah we do we do there are so many good questions hang on uh, what about e- EWH105 on Instagram would you prefer to race the Phaeton or the QP5 at Lemons next year I can say this without even having the, the Phaeton pull off the truck it'd be the QP5 probably Probably, because yes. the for those of you who don't know, and there will be much discussion about this, but the the Phaeton is an Audi A8 from that era, uh-huh. but instead of Audi's revolutionary thing of you know we should make some of this out of out of aluminum because it'll be lighter, they made it all out of steel. <laughs> they rendered it in steel. It's for sure. over five thousand pounds and lengthy. So uh, while I'm getting the V8 version, and I know many of you asked about the W12, the W12 is fascinating in that tire fire kind of way, but <laughs> it was above the budget of what we wanted to spend. And we, and like we said before, we do want these cars to run. So I did not shop W12s, but so I have the 4.2 liter V8, which has its own issues, but whatever. That has 
well over 300 horsepower, mm-hmm. but a f- more than 5,000-pound car to haul around that is roughly the length of an aircraft carrier. That, while funny at Lemons, is not something I want to do. Whereas the QP5, I love the idea of uh, – th- just a side note here. I love the idea of doing nothing to it race livery. <laughs> you pull it in clean, baller-style. You oh. put the sticker on the side and you go. Just the numbers on the side? Just numbers, sticker in the corner of the windshield. You just make it as clean as possible a streetcar, and you show up with it. That makes me laugh. I think it would melt down by the side of the track. I think it would melt down quickly. I think the transmission would decide, who are you, and I am out of here shortly thereafter. But I just love the idea of all of these jalopy race cars sitting there with their crazy liveries and all that kind of stuff. And in the middle of that sits... The QP5. At least you'd have air conditioning and your music you going and, and you for could, the few laps that you'll get in. And, and, and look, can we get a waiver with the Lemons folks? Can we just strap somebody? I'm talking still full race suit and helmet. Can we strap somebody in those really nice back seats? Mm. It's got one of those back seats behind the, the passenger side where you can control the passenger seat forward so you can play executive. Yeah. Can we put somebody back there, just strap them in for the laugh? Super cool. Well, speaking of QP5, I am the problem 28 asks... When, you know, I say the QP5 came with one key, oh, no. that is a euphemism for someone else has the other one. You're right. Theoretically, yes. Someone, the other key is still somewhere. You're right. I, yes, it bothers me. And based on the archaeology <laughs> that we've done, mm-hmm. is there a good chance that other person is in Salt Lake? Hard to know. Vlad has a friend at the Salt Lake dealer. Vlad, thank you for checking. Uh, he's got a friend at the Ferrari Maserati Salt Lake dealer, and we checked the VIN, and they only have records going back to 2017. The only thing mm-hmm. that was in there apparently was emissions control testing, mm-hmm. and beyond that, they had purged all the records. So unfortunately, we don't know, and it'd be tough to extract a name out of... You know what I mean? Trying to ask a dealership for They're not private information. They're they never w- they giving that up. That. Not going to happen. Nope. The problem is, yeah, somebody else has that key somewhere, and the car is now public enough that somebody could theoretically, <laughs> yeah, I, I've still got I the key. Suppose. The other problem is, when we got, got all of our stuff stolen last year at this time yeah. in Tacoma, yeah, that's a frightening memory. my car keys to the expedition were in my backpack along with my checkbook and my house keys. Interesting point. They took my whole backpack along with my yeah. drives and my yeah. laptop, everything in there, my blue G-Shock watch, everything was gone. Yeah. That freaks me out. So there's a key to the expedition that's gone, too. That's a frightening thought. You went down a, a kind of a dark rabbit hole there. It's just yeah. reality. reality. It's just I hear you. what I'm yeah, dealing yeah. with. Now, the expedition actually came with four keys, if you can believe it. One was the valet and three <laughs> One for everybody in the family. Just just everybody gets it's the expedition a big truck. key. It, it, it's a big truck. We, we got lots keys. of keys for everybody. So yeah. I still have you know three keys left, but <laughs> somebody's got the key to the expedition out there, that's which funny. freaks All right. me out, and All I'm right. saying it publicly, and I hope nothing happens. because Interesting. Yes. Yeah, it's just reality. Okay. It stinks. Right. Let's see what else we've got here that's fun. You know what? Nick Dorn two, uh, 2.0 on Instagram said he's become hooked on track days this summer. Mm. So so tell him why. This is a talk me out of this question. Tell him why he shouldn't trade in his 2017, so almost brand new Golf R, and get a 86 chassis, FRS, BRZ, you know, an 86 chassis, and a boring daily commuter. Mm. So he's essentially shopping kind of track car. Here's my talk you out of it discussion. Why get the boring commuter? Why not commute in the FRS BRZ? Hmm. I mean, 
honestly, I'm, I'm, ask, I'm asking the question, does it bother you so much? Now, granted, yes, it's a step down from the Gulf mm-hmm. in interior. But if you're talking about buying the I have money left over, boring, cheap commuter, my concern for you is this. You have a car that you like more on the track days, but in the daily, you don't like that car at all. Part of the everyday driver concept here is we want you to like the car you're spending tons of time in. Yeah, That's yeah. my concern for you. So I like the idea of you selling – I support selling the Golf R to get something that is rear-wheel drive and more more fun and dynamic on the track. I get you there. But my question is I think you should shop for something that you can also then still daily because okay. I think you're going to be happier in the long run to have a car that you can put on track. And it could be that 86. It would be great for that. But also you just enjoy it because it's Tuesday and you have to commute. Mm, yeah, sure. All right, uh, Travels with George J says, was there a car or event that ignited our love of cars? He says, personally, he thinks he was born with a gene because he cannot remember a time when he wasn't obsessed. Mm, mm. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I, I really can't. I mean, it, it was like when I was two. Yeah. And, you know, crayons, and suddenly I'm drawing cars and playing with Hot Wheels. and Hot Wheels and Matchbox were a totally. thing. Totally. They were a big, big it's, thing. It's yep. hard to... There's cars that have fed the disease more for, for sure me. there's yeah, yeah. cars that have you know thrown cooking gas on the fire but <laughs> you know what i mean yeah for sure but uh you know lots of porsches in there but just lots of fun cars todd's driving your nissan 300z for the first time just yeah. opened my eyes I was like, mm, interesting. what on earth is this thing yeah this is fun yeah 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 you know yeah, your so, 928 and my 300ZX were both turning points. Yeah. Listen to our podcast 52 where we talk about all of this origin stuff. But you're right. I mean, I liked – I loved cars. I was obsessed with cars before I could drive. So obsessed. And then I started driving things that were terrible because that's what I ended up in. And it tempered that quite a bit. So <laughs> then I went to, to college to actually become a filmmaker and thought, ah, cars don't matter until I bought a car I loved mm. and changed everything. And the show comes out. I mean, it, it, total turning point moment. So that's interesting. Brian's got a question on Twitter that I want to dive into real quick. He's, he's in Missouri. He uh, he just bought a used Panamera with summer tires. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. He He doesn't have a need to drive this car in the snow. And in the winter, they're not going to get a lot of snow, but it could be it could be zero degrees or it could be sixty degrees today. Does he need winter tires? What's he okay with on summers? Check into the summers you have, like your current. You have them, Paul. The current Michelin PS fours mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. a listing on them that you have to like sign from the manufacturer that says I am aware of the fact that I shouldn't drive these these tires below forty degrees. It's like on. I think it relates to the warranty. In fact, yeah, it has to do with warranty. Yeah. So Michelin's actually put a line in the sand or put the grease on the map, if you will, and said, don't drive below here. I had uh, uh, Pilot Sport 2s on the on the FRS. Yeah, right. And right. there were plenty of mornings before I got the tires switched out for winter, because we do get tons of snow here, where I'm taking my son to school and it's 25 degrees outside and the tires are hockey pucks. Mm-hmm. But it never damaged them. Mm-hmm. It would warm up. It would get to 45 that day and they'd be fine. Okay, So I think if you're really not going to drive this car much or at all in the winter, I think you can limp by on your summer tires if it's not going to get driven regularly. If it's going to get driven regularly, the thing we always say is if if it's hanging out below 50 degrees, you need winter tires on yeah. because the compound yeah. is just that much better for grip and for stopping and that kind of thing. So you haven't been clear enough about how often this is going to get driven, but you just say it'll never get driven in the snow. So that take that as it will. Question on Twitter from Akash Gupta from India. Akash, really appreciate you listening all the way from India. Yeah, thank you so much. Shout out to uh, all you listening in India. I've actually got a friend I used to work with at uh, at the desk 
at Autodesk, and yeah. he's up in New Delhi. Oh, cool. And uh, I think of him every so often. So, yeah, thank you for uh, for sending a question. He's asking, could we cover some cars from other countries and compare them similarly to similarly priced cars in the U.S.? Because mm-hmm. China, India, and Japan do have some weird cars. They absolutely do. Yeah, send us a list of some, some of the things you're thinking, uh, as a matter of fact, and you know, things that you know we don't get in the U.S., we'd love to cover those. Maybe that's a topic Tuesday. The Send thing us is, some ideas, yeah, please. The thing is, let's be honest, we would only be able to compare them based on digging in and going this versus this. We, I mean, I, I honestly would hesitate to c- cover them too much if we haven't driven them, but I'm still fascinated sure. to learn about them. Sure, the absolutely. Thing. And talk about, so this is an alternative to this other car we can buy, but I quickly feel like we'd be out of our depth and just, I want to drive this and I haven't. Yeah, for sure. It'd just be interesting if there's models that are similar or use yeah. similar components. Yeah, and for sure. You know, Australia does that a lot, or we actually used to with Australia. Well, you say know, we had a lot of uh, Seat crossover. is where old Audis go to die. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. It's a Volkswagen sub. They're better than that. No, they're, 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 they're better than that. I, no, I'm not saying that because the Audis were bad. I'm just saying you look at Seat and you go, oh, that's the last generation Audi product line. Right kind there. of, but that's there's some cool hot hatch Seats. That, yeah, you know. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's typically how they do their brand. It's crazy. Isn't Volkswagen like owns where, the you know, world. Old performers go to Vegas to die and they... Like, no, really? actually, now no performers go to Vegas so they don't have to fly a bunch of places. They just go to Vegas well, and park true. themselves there and cash in for six I months know. and then walk away and buy like a country. <laughs> anyway, so that happened. I know. All right. Uh, question from Just Eugene, also on Twitter, says that we need to get a bank sponsor and use my name for a promo code to get a better interest rate so I can go over budget more often than we won't need the polymeter. I think you're right. The question we back to you is bank. What bank? Sponsor. That is funny. Let's do this. Get the everyday I'm, driver rate. Yes, and you just wow, you whisper that's funny. to the associate, Paul Limiter. <laughs> oh, sir, why didn't you say that earlier? <laughs> that's terrible. Everything changes. I really here's like the this, new but sheets. it's terrible. Here's the here's your new rate sheet. Everything's changed. Thank you for giving us the secret code. That is hysterical. It's the Paul Limiter at you name the bank. What bank do you want? <laughs> we'll go ask, <laughs> and then we'll help everybody finance their new cars that we've overspent yeah because you know we're spending more of your money but then you get a lower rate if we could get a banking sponsor and an insurance sponsor we could really do some damage to your wallet That's yeah really baby i like this idea very frightening but i like it it's very funny oh you said the magic words <laughs> right this way sir clint morris on facebook says what do we think has a greater influence on a driver's accurate perception of a vehicle's speed mm. h point which you bring up as the hit point in the car where are you or vehicle's mass. I think it's mass, Clint. Hmm. And yeah. I'll give you an example. The GTR. You have no idea how fast you're going. None. It's heavy. It's crazy capable, and it's very heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Lotus Elise is the exact counterpoint, as is the Miata. Crazy light. You're aware of speed. But they've got low H points. Very they do. low. They do, but you're aware of speed because it's light. The, the Fiesta ST does not have a low H point. It has an awareness of speed. It's light. Okay, fair enough. I think, fair I think enough. mass, because th- uh, this is going to sound weird. Think of commercial aircraft and trains. Okay. They both go quickly. Yeah. You yeah. have no idea. Because once they, and it takes them a while to get that mass moving, but once the mass is moving, they just turn into this kind of silent assassin thing where they just perpetual, perpetually move. Mm-hmm. It'll, take, it'll take just as much effort to slow them down. So you've lost all perception of speed because it's so very big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Anyway. I can see that. Guys, thanks a million for your questions. Really appreciate it. It's you guys that make it entertaining, honestly. Thank you for your car debates and your continued questions. 
Yeah, there's uh, a lot of Phaeton and QP5 content coming I'm your way. Let's hope it's good content and I, not I like make here it I am standing by the side money. of the road. Worth your money. I don't want to be fi- doing that thing in the background of the camera shot where I'm just searching for a cell signal because we're <laughs> stranded somewhere. Exactly. I don't want to do that anymore. I had enough of that on the Corvette film. Yeah, that's Let's true. not do that again. All right, guys. We're looking forward to next time. Really appreciate it again. Cheers. Cheers.